On today's episode, Anna shares the brutal murder of Skylar Neese, a 16-year-old murdered by her two best friends because they wanted the friendship to end. Welcome to Crime Bar. Good morning, Ashley. Wait, are we recording? Yeah. Okay, cool. I just want to. I just wanted to double check, make sure you press the button. Yeah, no, I, I I did it. Okay, cool. But it's it's not morning. It's like the afternoon. It's one p.m. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello to you too. Hello, Ashley. Hi. Um, the story that I'm covering today, I don't think you you're homeschooled, so I don't think you really miss high school in general. I know I sure as hell do not. Um, but the crime that I'm covering today will make you very happy that you spent that time at home instead of the way that we did. I can't even talk right now. Okay, I need to take a second to turn my brain on. I think I'm not awake. One moment, sorry. I'm gonna slap my cheeks. You know those days where your your face feels asleep? Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, like the days where you're like, I'm definitely functional. I was able to drive and get here. I slept incredible. I think I just slept too much. Oh, <laughs> so that's like, that's what I'm saying. I feel like a grogginess to me. That's, I have like a really, um, terrifying case for you. So, oh, okay. Just, what is it? So this is the case, the murder of Skylar niece. And I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's a story of just girl crime becoming fatal. Have you heard of it? What is it called? It's the murder of Skylar Niece. Oh, I thought you didn't say the name. Oh. I, I must have missed that you said the name, so I was just like, what? You're like, I'm waiting. That is so vague. I have no idea. Yeah, it's like, it's pretty disturbing. No, it'll, I don't know that. It'll make you very thankful that you were homeschooled. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it's a toss-up. I definitely don't miss high school. Um, should I just dive on in? No? I don't know. What do you want to do, Ashley? I don't should, I have, should I make? Should I pour myself some coffee right now? Do you have coffee made? Mm, there might be some, or I could just make it really quick. I think I need some. Okay, let's do that. <clears throat> hello. Uh, hello. That is the second time that we've had to stop recording to give me coffee <laughs> because yeah. my brain hasn't woken up. I know. I feel like everyone can relate to that, that it's like 2 p.m. and we haven't spoken to anyone yet that day. So having to socialize and communicate thoughts feels impossible. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, happy season two. This is very exciting. I know. Our dreams are coming true. <laughs> well, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if you guys like it. Well. But I guess if, you know, people have made it this far, it means they like it. So thank uh, you. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, let's hope. Or you're just bored. I'll take anything I can get. Yeah, I don't care too. what the reason is. Me too. So this, this one is a heavy one. I know all of ours are heavy. Um, there's just something about teenage girls murdering people. Oh, it's teenagers? <laughs> yeah, they're teenagers. And I know they're already nightmares, but these two really suck. Well, they're nightmares without murder. So if you add murder in, it's like... Ugh. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want me just to dive in? Yeah, go for okay. it. Okay. 
Skylar Niece was born on February 10th, 1996 in Morgantown, West Virginia to Mary and Dave Niece. Everything I read about her makes her sound like the perfect student and just a really great kid. She was an intelligent and outgoing girl who had a 4.0 GPA and dreamed of being a criminal lawyer one day. Skylar had been best friends with a girl named Sheila Ray Eddy since they were both just eight years old. Sheila or Sheila? It's Sheila. Oh. <laughs> I know. It's a, it's a tongue twister. Yeah. Skylar's parents opened their home to Sheila and treated her like their own. It sounded like they had that kind of friendship where she could just come into the house without knocking. It would make herself right at home. Oh, yeah, totally. The best kind of friendship. Yeah. Well, not unfortunately not. Skylar's mom, Mary, stated Sheila was so much fun. She was always silly and doing crazy stuff. Sheila became friends with a girl named Rachel Schof their freshman year of high school. And from there, the three girls became an inseparable trio. From the outside, they seemed like totally normal 16-year-old girls, obsessed with mirror selfies and social media. Even though Rachel and Skylar were the opposite of Sheila in so many ways, they idolized her for her wild and free attitude. The three girls became really, really close and relied on each other heavily during the roller coaster of teenage emotions and drama. When both Sheila and Rachel's parents got divorced, they felt like they were all they had. Yeah. Skylar was their rock during the difficult time. So while the other girls felt like their families were falling apart, Skylar's parents remained together and were incredibly nurturing and involved in her life. And I just read this and I immediately knew that that must have caused a great deal of jealousy because... Skylar's, you know, from the outside, Skylar's parents seemed like they were the perfect happy couple that just want the best for their kid, while the other two girls felt like their worlds were flipped upside down mm. and they were abandoned by their parents when, you know, it's nothing personal, obviously, that happens in families. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was because of the divorces or maybe just different parenting styles, but Rachel and Shelia had a lot more freedom than Skylar, and they would often hang out without her there. There's some days where like reading makes me feel like I'm running a marathon. Do you ever feel like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'm as out of breath as I am during like a workout class. <laughs> so as they became closer, things started getting really tense. Trios are really tough in young friendships in general. I don't know if that's like a female thing and doesn't really happen to men, but I feel like one person always ends up feeling left out or the third wheel. Totally. And it's possible that Rachel and Shelia felt bonded because they were both only children going through their parents' divorces and mm. they felt like Skylar just couldn't relate to them. Yeah. On May 31st, 2012, Skylar tweeted, you're a two-faced bitch and obviously fucking stupid if you thought I wouldn't find out. And soon after she posts, too bad my friends are having lives without me. I hate so this, angsty. Like, try, yeah, I know. I so <laughs> My much. mom would have been pissed if I swore in a tweet like that. Yeah. This is just one of the many aggressive tweets that Skylar posted, most likely directed towards her so-called two best friends. Like most people their age, the three girls were very active on social media and their fights were often well-documented publicly on Twitter. They have no idea how embarrassing that will be later on in life. I am mm -hmm. going to ban my kids from getting it until they're 18. It's for their best interest. Good luck with that. I know. I just don't want them to embarrass themselves the way that I did. Did you 
use Twitter as a child. No, but I had Facebook and I oh. would do these like one word statuses like oh, done honey, everyone did that. and hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that made me moody or like I deep. Know. Deep and and like I'd hope someone would message me and be like, Oh no, what's going on? <laughs> Nothing really. <laughs> Nothing. What's up with you? <laughs> Thanks for messaging. According to allthatsinteresting.com, the trio's friendship was falling apart publicly and a classmate of theirs reported Sheila and Skylar were fighting a lot. One time sophomore year, me and Rachel were at practice for Pride and Prejudice and Rachel had her phone up to her ear and she was laughing. She was like, listen to this. Sheila and Skylar were fighting, but Skylar didn't know Sheila had put her on a three-way call and Rachel was listening in. Uh, I know it's just like the most uh, unnecessary bitchiness yeah I hate that so much on July 5th 2012 Skylar worked a shift at Wendy's before returning to her family's apartment in Star City West Virginia Sheila and Rachel had invited Skylar to sneak out with them and initially Skylar wasn't really in the mood to join because she had been fighting with them a ton. Yeah. It didn't feel right to her and she was hurt by how much her supposed best friends had been ignoring her lately. Mm-hmm. And literally the afternoon before Skylar disappeared, she tweeted, "Sick of being at fucking home. Thanks friends. Love hanging out with y'all too." Aww. She also posted, "You doing shit like that is why I can never completely trust you." So cryptic. I want to know what she's I know. talking about. <laughs> I think there was some suspicion on her end um, when she got that invite to hang out. But after some persuading texts and calls, Skylar gave in. And you don't blame her. It's like you no. do just want to be accepted by your friends and yeah. you miss them. Yeah. And Around you, People have bumps in the road. and you know Exactly. And that's what high school is. Mm-hmm. Consistent bumps constantly over and over again. <laughs> constantly. Around 1230 a.m., Skylar climbed out of her bedroom window and got into Shelia's car. Did you ever sneak out? No, like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I didn't think so. But <laughs> oh my God, me of all people. I remember one time I actually had a friend my freshman year of high school that asked me to sneak out and I blamed that I couldn't fit through the window. So I couldn't go. And I'm like, you know, I just can't fit. It's not going to happen. And my entire my entire house is giant glass doors. Uh-huh. There's many accessible things in mm-hmm. and out. I could have done it. But my mom always taught me, she's like, never sneak out because if something does happen to you we will not know where you are and you know I live in constant fear anyway so that wasn't gonna happen I don't think I ever did it either I can't remember if I did you were like badass enough that I feel like that would have been more you than me I think I was more badass than you but just by like a fraction just like a sliver just the slightest (laughs) like a hair more because I was actually so afraid to break the rules so I I don't think so From there, they left the apartment complex and headed northwest towards Blacksville. The three girls went to a spot where they'd occasionally go to smoke weed just across the Pennsylvania border. When the three girls arrived at their usual spot, they got out of the car to smoke and hang out. Sheila and Rachel claimed to have forgotten their lighter, so Skylar was like, all right, I'll just go and grab mine. As soon as Skylar turns her back to walk towards the car, the two girls counted to three out loud and attacked her. Oh. They began to viciously stab her body over and over again. Oh. Skylar tried her best to run away before Rachel tackled her to the ground and continued to stab her in the knee. Oh my God. It's it's so gruesome. In the knee. In the knee. Specific, so she couldn't run. Ugh. 
Rachel slashed her jugular vein, which eventually killed her. Skylar's body was stabbed more than 50 times. Oh my God. The rage and strength that that takes. Yeah. Their plan was to bury her body, but the soil was too hard for them to dig up. So they covered her body with rocks, branches, and dirt instead. Afterwards, they returned to their cars to clean themselves and the murder scene, dispose of their bloody clothing, and eventually head back to their homes. Just to go to bed or what? Yeah, it's late. (laughs) (laughs) Sheila and Rachel had been planning Skylar's murder for months. To say that they were prepared would be a massive understatement. They had brought along a change of clothes, kitchen knives, paper towels, and bleach. Wow. They had hid the knives that they had taken from Rachel's kitchen under their hoodies, even though it was a hot summer night and warm clothing was highly unnecessary. Skylar had thought nothing of all of their layers of clothing. I mean, why would you? I know. You never go out thinking that you're going to be murdered by secret weapons. Oh, but you want to hear something very disturbing? Please. (laughs) You're going to hear it anyways. The two girls planned every little detail of Skylar's murder while they were in their science class. Oh, my God. And they decided to count to three before stabbing her. Oh, like that mattered? Yeah, it mattered to them. That was like their thing. And months after Skylar's death, Shelia tweeted, we really did go on three. (sighs) Does that disgust you as much as it disgusts me? Yes. Like she just cannot help herself, but hinting at something like that. Yeah. The next morning, Skylar obviously did not show up for work. This was completely unheard of for her. She was a super responsible girl and never, ever missed a shift. She was initially considered a runaway, but her parents knew that there was no way this could be true. Yeah. Not only did that feel totally out of character, but there was also no way she would have run away without her cell phone, her charger, and her toiletries. Yeah. She was not immediately considered a missing person, so an Amber Alert was never issued. Oh. And actually, because of this, a bill was later introduced called Skylar's Law. Oh, really? Yeah, and its purpose was to issue immediate announcements, regardless of whether or not it was assumed as a runaway or not. Doesn't it just shock you that that was just, that that there recent? Was ever a time? It, well, yeah, that recent. But then that there's ever a time where that wasn't a thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is like the one positive thing I think that came out of this case. Later that day. Shelia called the nieces and stated that her, Skylar, and Rachel had snuck out the night before and that they had driven around Star City, were getting high, and that the two girls had dropped her off back at the house. <laughs> the I level know. of like maliciousness to even volunteer it. Oh, it's pathological. The fact that she called up the parents of the child that they just murdered and then lied and threw off an investigation like that. Yeah. The story, according to Skylar's parents, um, the story was that they had dropped her off at the end of the road because she didn't want to wake them up when she was sneaking back in. in a didn't tw- you say it was an apartment? Yeah, it was an apartment building. So, <laughs> I mean, that doesn't even make sense. Like a car down in the apartment building parking lot would wake them? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, that's a great point. There's already cars driving yeah, Multiple. it's like super busy out there. The parking lot. Yeah. Dumb kids. In a 2020 interview with Skylar's parents, they recalled Shelia sobbing in their daughter's room following the disappearance. Ew. They even rubbed her back and comforted her. 
Oh, so this girl is crazy. Oh, she she is a psychopath. Yeah. So not only did she murder their kid, but she's now allowing the family to comfort her. And sobbing on her bed. And the audacity oh to perform like that. Ugh. So as expected, this is when the rumors started going around. There were countless speculations about Skylar's disappearance, including that she had died of a heroin overdose at a party and her body was buried by kids who didn't want to get in trouble. And that is somewhat believable because you do hear of that happening. You know, kids are too young and immature to realize that death is a lot more serious than getting caught drinking. Yeah. Or doing heroin. (laughs) Or doing heroin. Yeah. So this theory sounded like it could be a possibility, but then it was replaced by the next rumor. And this one ended up having more validity. People started speculating that there was a sexual relationship going on between Shelia and Rachel. And unfortunately for Skylar, she might have known too much for her frenemy's liking. According to graphic details in Skylar's diary, she had witnessed Shelia and Rachel having sex at a sleepover. So that's not even a rumor. It was from her diary. It's literally in her diary. And she also possessed videos and photos of the two girls engaging in sexual acts. Oh. Yeah. In the weeks following her shocking walk-in, Skylar made sure her two friends were very aware that she was in on their secret. Skylar tweeted multiple times, hinting at a very big secret that she was keeping. On June 9th, 2012, she tweeted, just know I know. And I'd tell the whole school all the shit I have on everyone, which is a lot. Hashtag if I could get away with it. Oh. Yeah. It would be understandable if the girls panicked and didn't want Skylar talking about what she saw. That would be earth shattering in high school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not only did she have a boyfriend, but Rachel's family was very religious and never would have approved of her sexual orientation. Mm. So it was very possible that the two began to fear that Skylar would reveal their secret and ruin the reputations. I gotcha. When both of the girls were questioned by the police, their stories were almost word for word identical. And yeah, and this (laughs) raised a lot of suspicion. Mm -hmm. Star City police officer Jessica Colbank stated their stories were verbatim the same. No one's story is exactly the same unless it's rehearsed. Yeah. Everything in my gut was Shelia is acting wrong. Rachel is scared to death. Damn, she's good at her job. She's real good. Even though investigators were completely suspicious of the girl's odd behavior, they had no legitimate proof and could not make an arrest. Mm -hmm. So Skylar's family was forced to sit and wait while her killers pretended to search for their friend. I guess her, I guess Shelia and her mom went from neighborhood to neighborhood to try to raise awareness of Skylar's disappearance. Oh my God. Can you put, yeah, like passing out flyers type thing. Can you imagine being her mom her mother i know that you are that you've raised a, ma- even, a monster no but you're not even that's not on them no i know but it's knowing that, that your, your child your child is a monster to be a monster yeah and on top of that um shelia posted multiple tweets pretending to mourn her friend Ugh. two months after the murder shelia tweeted a photo montage dedicated to skylar with a caption reading Rest easy, Skylar. You'll always be my best friend. But she was still missing at that point. So how did they know she was dead? Um, 
you know, I think she, that's one way that she kind of gave herself Damn, away. I am just poking <laughs> holes in this yeah. girl's story. Cause like, I didn't even notice that until you just said that. Yeah. Good catch, Ash. Um, we are going to post, post. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Monta- well, I don't even know what that accent was. Minnesota. Minnesota. We posted this montage on our Instagram. If you would like to see it for yourself. Investigators kept a very close watch on the social media accounts of both Sheila and Rachel and noticed that there was a great deal of tension between the trio before Skylar's disappearance. Their gut instincts knew these girls were guilty, but they just had to wait for more evidence to show up. They finally got a break in the case when they discovered that the car in the apartment's video surveillance was in fact Shelia's. So remember how they claimed to have dropped Skylar off back at her house around 11 p.m.? They now have confirmation that the girls are lying because surveillance footage proved that they picked Skylar up at 1230 a.m. Oh, yeah. So authorities were able to cross reference footage from surrounding areas mm-hmm. and videos showed them traveling west, despite the girls insisting that they drove east that night. Ooh, wow. So their stories are quickly unraveling. Yeah. Their continuous lies were unfortunately not enough to make an arrest, and they had to hang tight until they got a confession. Investigators were considering the fact that Skylar's death could have been an accident and that the two girls were trying to cover it up. They could tell the girls had some sort of involvement in Skylar's death, but they just had to wait until the girls couldn't keep up the facade anymore. Mm-hmm. The investigation, on top of receiving accusations on Twitter, proved to be too much for the girls to handle. Unlike Shelia, Rachel was having a very hard time. She was visibly nervous and quiet after Skylar was found to be missing. I would call that a conscience, perhaps. Mm-hmm. On December 28, 2012, her parents called 911. In the recording, you can hear Rachel losing her mind. She is crying uncontrollably while her mom is frantically telling the operator that her daughter is screaming hitting them and they couldn't contain her. She was just having a full-blown nervous breakdown. Yeah. And she needed to be hospitalized. This is when she admitted to everything. She explained that she and Shelia had been planning to kill Skylar for months because they, this is in quotes, didn't want to be friends with her anymore. Oh my God. Yeah. She admitted to mapping out the whole murder while the two girls were in class. After further questioning, Rachel told authorities that Skylar's last word to them was, why? Oh, when the police, it is so heartbreaking. When the police asked her the same question, she replied, we just didn't like her. After she made her confession, she led investigators to the site of the murder in Greene County, Pennsylvania, and that is located only 30 minutes away from Skylar's home. Rachel couldn't remember the exact spot where they buried her body, but her confession was enough to make the arrest. Mm -hmm. After a week of searching, they found her virtually unrecognizable body in the woods. At this point, it had been five months since her murder, so I'm sure that only her skeleton remained. Yeah. Meanwhile, Shelia carried on doing things like a normal teenager, seemingly unfazed by the murder that she had committed months before. She continued posting a series of tweets, including wishing Skylar a happy birthday. She was oblivious to the fact that authorities were busy trying to find a DNA match from Skylar's remains. Officials were able to match blood found on Shelia's car to Skylar, and she was arrested in a Cracker Barrel parking lot. 
Have you ever been to a Cracker Barrel? I have not. It's really tasty. <laughs> it's like it's like. Speaking all, of which, now I'm craving it. Uh, it's all. Uh, I haven't had lunch. I'm hungry, but I'm starving. It's all like fried Southern food. Mm. Yeah. But that's unrelated. I like that moan. It's, mm. Yeah, it's unrelated <laughs> to the story. We shouldn't be talking about it. Roughly 18 months after Skyler's death, Rachel pled guilty to second degree murder and was sentenced to 30 years incarceration with the possibility of parole after 10 years. Shelia was tried as an adult and sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 15 years. Rachel received a lighter sentence due to her cooperation. During sentencing, Rachel read an apologetic statement to Skylar's parents, while Shelia refused to say anything to the court other than the word guilty. Both women remain incarcerated at the Lacken Correctional Center in West Virginia. Still to this day. Still to this day. And I would also like to add that they both have huge smiles in their mug shots, like the true psychopaths that they are. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'll post that on the Instagram. Yeah. Psychology Today wrote an article about how to understand young girls that aspire to be killers. Catherine Ramsland wrote, We should revise our categories about children's motives, especially for adolescent girls. The sheer meanness expressed mirrors the... It's just a smart woman's sentence, so it's just it's tough for my brain to say. <laughs> You're doing good. The sheer meanness expressed mirrors the culture of cruelty and I'm a badass that pervades social media. This is not just for kicks. There's something more flashy and punitive involved. Criminology needs to keep up with the changing perceptions and influences. Their need to post on Twitter and allude to knowing more than they should just proved authorities right when they believed that the killers would eventually feel the need to brag about what they had done. And at the same time, posting about how much they miss their friend, Shelia seemed to be a typical psychopath, detached, complete lack of empathy, faking emotions, and she has that superficial charm that allowed yeah. her to manipulate very easily. Yeah. Investigators described Shelia's behavior as narcissistic and calm. And Rachel, on the other hand, appeared nervous and scared. Rachel claimed that she never thought that they would actually go through with it. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I believe that. Yeah. I mean, she's putting kitchen knives under her sweatshirt and driving them out to the planned spot. So. And they got bleach and changed Yeah, I don't buy it. All that, yeah, all that stuff that's a little bit crazy. Shelia spent months planning the crime. A typical trait of a psychopath seeking a thrill because they're easily bored and reaching intense gratification when their plan is completed. When we are young, sometimes we cannot see that our actions have huge consequences. There's this mentality that nothing bad will ever happen to us, nor will we ever have to pay the price for our wrongdoings. Mm -hmm. This girl-on-girl -girl crime that young women are enduring is something that should never be written off as just being girls or catty. We have no idea the effect that this bullying could have on someone or how far it could escalate. Yeah. And it's only going to get worse with social media being such a huge part of our lives now. Yeah. I feel like individuals sometimes bond over things that they hate or people that they hate. And that That's hate. so sad. It's so sad and it's so true even as adults. Yeah. And that hate can evolve into violence and life altering pain. If you are a young person listening to this podcast and think being mean to someone might strengthen your friendship or give you protection against the bullies, then I challenge you to please have the strength to be better than that. Don't be a part of the problem out of the fear of exclusion. 
When we are young, we often have the inability to see that life is so much bigger than middle school and high school, Mm -hmm. but the decisions that we make in our youth can define who we become and who others become as well. Yeah. I mean, look at these two girls spending the rest of their lives in prison. Because they just- one girl, her life was- Over. Over. Because they didn't want to be friends with her anymore. Yeah. Gross. I was going to say, grow some balls and send a text saying that. Don't murder somebody. Saying what? That they don't want to be friends with you anymore. Like, just send a text saying that instead of killing them. I mean- the thing is, most people don't think to kill them. <laughs> like that's but true. I, th- I, I guess that's not like a is, common thing. Yeah, th- th- this isn't the um, this isn't the norm. Well, I'm just saying, young people, if you're listening to this podcast, shoot a text over <laughs> instead. Yeah, and that is the murder of Skylar Niece. That was um, especially heartbreaking, given how young they were. Absolutely, that's it makes really me sad. scared to have daughters. <laughs> I know yeah, not all girls are like this, but no, but it's still it's just sad like it's when you think about having a kid and how adolescence is just really hard and they're everyone is gonna experience bullying at some point, unfortunately, and that is just awful and it's a horrible reality. And so it's just so sad to think about your kid going through that. I don't even want to have kids, but when I lay in bed and I think about the potential of one of my kids being bullied, it makes me want to fight these bullies that don't even exist. <laughs> yeah, you weren't even going to have kids. The hypothetical, so so though. Funny that you would even spend any time thinking about it. But I think that's like part of it, just knowing what kids have to endure. And I wouldn't, I mean, I didn't even have it half as bad as I know a lot of people, but I wouldn't want my kid to go through that. No, of course not. It's awful. Yeah. So well, you, did, you did a very good job telling that story. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you. Um, Okay, well, I have to get back to um, writing my story for next week. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was scrambling to finish it so that maybe we could record two episodes in one day, but um, that didn't happen. That's okay, because I have to go home and clean my floors. <laughs> okay. I have a really busy day of cleaning my countertops, which is like my newfound hobby during uh, quarantine. Well, Cleaning. Um, that's not a bad hobby to have. No, it's a, it's brought me this weird amount of joy, baking oh, yeah. and cleaning. Oh, yeah. You're just like a regular old housewife. I know. Thank you. Except for with no ring on my finger. <laughs> if you're listening to this, Davey. Davey, do you hear that? <laughs> the clock is ticking. <laughs> well, I'm really happy that we are back and recording. It's been weird. It's nice to take breaks between seasons, but I love doing this so much. So I actually, like, I'm. Oh, it's, it's nice to have a break, but I'm so excited when we start, you know, so Me too. I get excited when I get out of the bed in the morning, knowing that I get a record on Wednesdays, Aww, you know, that's so sweet. Yeah. And I get to see my best friend. So that's a bonus. I mean, we technically aren't seeing each other because we have to record in separate bedrooms to be safe, but I get it. I got to see you know. with my mask on as I walk through your front yes. door. That's good enough for me. <laughs> Ash. I'll take what I can nothing. get. Yeah. I'll take what I can get. Well, I'll see you next week. I can't hear. I can't. Oh my God. I can't hear my car. <laughs> Well, I can't wait to hear what you have in store for next week. Mm, Me too. (laughs) I don't know what it is. (laughs) All right. Well, I love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you enjoy listening. We owe everything to the many journalists, authors, filmmakers, psychiatrists, and psychologists whose extensive work and expertise we pulled from to share this episode with you. For all of our detailed source material, please visit our website, 
thecrimebarpodcast.com. If you'd like to see content from today, you can find us on Instagram and YouTube at Crime Bar Podcast. We really love doing this show, and if you'd like to help with the continued creation of it, you can support by donating to our Patreon, which we have linked on our website as well as our Instagram, patreon.com slash crimebarpodcast. This episode was hosted by Ashley Brumley-Johnson and Anna Katharina. We'll see you next week.